Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So this episode is titled oops we're married oops whoops (laughs) oops uh and the reason why we titled it that is because we feel like uh couples we we taught we've talked to in the past maybe helped through something it's like almost like they don't realize what they're getting into until they're already two three years into the marriage realizing wow this is what it means to be married Mm. it's like they kind of went through uh the motions and got into marriage not realizing what exactly they're they're getting into right right Uh, so we're going to talk through specifically three misconceptions or three lies about marriage that are kind of modern misconceptions but just lies we tend to believe and how those flesh themselves out and then we're going to apply the three big purposes of marriage that we see in that passage that we just read so anyway thank you so much for joining us and louisa here on the fierce marriage podcast (laughs) and we'll see you on the other side welcome to the fierce marriage podcast where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage sex communication finances priorities purpose and everything in between laugh ponder and join in on candid gospel-centered conversations this is fierce marriage okay so this conversation is really for any it's not just for people that are headed into marriage or people that are just newly married i think it's for anyone who's in marriage and they might you might be feeling a little bit kind of uh baffled or maybe even (laughs) caught on your heels a little bit well bait and switch occasionally feeling huh well and if we're honest i think we're all there at some point right we're wondering like what did i get myself into (laughs) I haven't wondered that. Maybe you have. I'm just kidding. (laughs) So often. No, I haven't actually. But you know what I mean? It's not like you're regretting your marriage, but you're wondering, okay, this is a lot tougher than I think it should be. Maybe maybe you thought it was going to be tough, or maybe you feel like it's... It's tougher than your friends, the marriages that you see. We always under. I think. Yeah, I think we always underestimate everything. (laughs) Right, and and don't get us wrong. Marriage, honestly, marriage is so beautiful. It's a gracious gift of God. How beautiful it is, the way God designed it. So I don't in any way want to disparage this thing that God designed. If anything, I just want to align our expectations with the reality of the way God designed it and the reality of who we are as sinners in need of grace Mm -hmm. and why God designed love the way he created love. It's like the laws of love exist outside of us and Mm -hmm. what it means to actually conform ourselves to uh, God's character of love. Right. Yeah. And so I want to talk through some of that today. Um, Sounds good. First, first, (laughs) as you know, so uh, we have a new book coming out in a few months. It's called see through marriage. It's all about transparency in marriage. You can't really live uh, I think a truly loving marriage and experience love and its greatest depths without true transparency. Hmm. And so we are right now in the middle of recruiting for our book launch team. And we would love it uh-huh. if you, if that message resonates with you as you're hearing us say these words, go to seethroughbook.com. There's a little form there where you can sign up to be part of the launch team. You get early access to the manuscript. You'll be asked, basically, in return, all we ask is a review, and it Mm. helps us get the word out sooner to more people. Go to seethroughbook.com to be a part of the Seethrough Marriage book launch team. Uh, Also, uh, if you you haven't yet, please do leave a rating and a review on iTunes. That helps us get the word out, uh, and it means a ton. Um, Just leave an honest review. Click the star rating. Do whatever you do. Just make it do. Make it do what it do, Mm -hmm. and we would be honored. Uh, (laughs) Finally, if you want to partner with us and Fierce Marriage and all the stuff that God is doing uh, by His grace through this platform, you can do that through a platform called Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage, 
and basically you can sign up for any level of like monthly giving tier starts at two dollars there are some free books in there free rings and things uh for people who (laughs) sign up at certain tiers so make sure you read through those but that's not the point the point is we want to lock arms with you if Mm. you've prayed about it and you feel god leading you to do so we'd be honored to serve you in that way and to partner with you uh, and, and, and in specific, uh, put your resources to good use mm. through this, this ministry. <clears throat> All right. Job. I always, I feel like we should start out. I feel like we should start adding like little sound bites, you know, like of a crowd clapping for you after you're done. <laughs> it's like a little <laughs> like, mini marathon yes. there getting through all that. Uh, I just have little sounds throughout little, you know. Maybe not. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Takes it down a notch. I, well, I get it. No, I need to. I need to figure out. <laughs> I just technically, think it's no, funny. I'm absolutely on board with that. <laughs> just to be honest. I've always wanted to be a DJ. I just got to figure out how to technically pull it off. So, and all the listeners are like, we don't want funny no, sounds. Just get to the point. <laughs> I'm I'm tired of your fluff. Get to the point. Love the podcast. Just hate the fluff. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> yeah. So no, okay. you're funny. So what, how did that strike you when I proposed this podcast topic to you? I said, here's the title. Whoops, we're married. It what? was a little confusing to me <laughs> originally. I was like, <laughs> it just sounds like it's something that happened to you and you just woke up one day and you're realizing, oh, we're married. Well, that's exactly kind of what, where it came from because I feel like a lot of the folks that we talked to, like I said in the intro, is there... I would have titled it different. That's all I'm saying. Okay, well... When you start marriage wasn't, pitching good it titles, wasn't what, it was a good one. It was a good one. It's <laughs> okay. it's it was marriage is not what I thought it was, but it's so much better. That's way too long. That's way too long. Okay. I, I'm like a, I've taken a class. No, I haven't. I'm kidding. There's no classes on how to title podcasting. So, so, <laughs> so I think the attitude that is the the underlying attitude that we really want to address. In young married couples, middle-aged married couples, and even older ones, is there's kind of this, when they get married, there's this idea that, man, I hope, I, I, I'm, I'm really believing this is the one. Like, I'm, I'm really, I'm really believing that this is going to be the <laughs> sure time that it works, works out. out. Sure hope that this is everything that it's supposed to be. And if it doesn't, well, let's not talk about that. Let's just, let's, let's just, just hope this is this the right wave. one. Yeah, yeah. It feels right? good. Seems right. And so a lot of couples enter into it, not realizing what all they're buying into the analogy that came, comes to mind is it's like you're buying a, a nice new house that you really wanted mm-hmm. and you saw the pictures and it all looked great and, you and got you've a, never bought a house before you've never bought a house before and it's a great looking house you got a great screaming deal you sign the mortgage boom screaming deal what is that supposed to mean <laughs> let's get a screaming deal <laughs> okay. boom you're in the house and then all of a sudden you're like oh no I have to pay taxes on this house or I have to maintain this house. You go to the light switch and the lights don't work. <laughs> oh no, the lights, yeah, the lights don't work. The, the roof needs to be replaced. Yeah. I can't afford this. I got a good deal on it. It was easy to get into the house. Right. But owning the house is a totally different story. Sure. We saw that. I mean, that's, that's an analogy, but it's also very true for the real estate bubble that popped back in 2009, <laughs> where everybody was so easy to get into these houses that were clearly out of people's financial, yes. uh, what they could handle. And so you have people foreclosing right. on their houses. They they just, they didn't, they didn't try to manage it. They just <laughs> said, bank, you can have it back. Right. I'm done with it. Right. And so people, I think that attitude... Yeah. Is is how people approach marriage. Right. And it's not saying that we can go into marriage and just be like, okay, I know all the things. Right. I know this is a big commitment. I mm. know this. Like, there's a lot of things you can know, but until you actually walk through it and experience it, mm-hmm. it's hard to really know, I think. And yeah. so I guess, and you and I were talking about this before we started recording, of just how I think the messages that we've been taught about marriage and through you know, Sundays at church, what what's being preached from the platform generally speaking i think overall right. has kind of drifted a bit from from yeah well christianity and like the the gospel and orthodoxy and yeah it's kind of shifted some stuff which you have some stats that kind of back this up a little bit of yes so what i don't know i don't want to make some big assumptions i'm trying not to do my big leaps that you love in well, my <laughs> you have leaps because i think you are really in tune with like the feeling that that coincides this type of these trends that happen. Sure. And so some of the trends, like maybe marriage was over romanticized, meaning sure. that hey, it's all about love. Like it's going to be great. Love's great. God is love and right. you want love, right? So get married because marriage is where love happens. Right. And, and then you get into it and you're like, oh, wow, this is great. But it's also, there's parts of it that, that take a lot of work. 
or there's a, you have just a bad understanding of of like we talked about what covenant is or sure. never you never really were taught right what what love truly is and love in or you never maybe you've been taught but you never listened <laughs> Right. That's the hard truth. And sometimes our hearts just don't hear, our, yeah. our souls just don't hear it and absorb it. We're just... Yeah. Or you're just too much, too immature to really hear it in a way that's transformational. Right. You can kind of know in your, in you can know somewhere in your head that love is an action and not an emotion primarily. Right. But in your, in your guts, you still believe I should feel love for love to be real. Right. Right. Um, another one is maybe it was just never modeled in a healthy way. Yeah. And so you have this picture of marriage and you come from maybe a divorced home, a broken home, or maybe a people that were never even married yeah, and you've just kind of observed marriage through the media or through friends and you've just not had a good model for what marriage is. But I do want to take a look. So we're not just talking about like the world at large. Okay. We're talking about Christians. We're talking about people who profess faith in Christ first and foremost. Right. And by virtue of that, they profess that the Bible is the inspired inerrant, and authoritative word of God. It's the authority in my life. It's the thing that tells me how to live my mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. right? I don't tell it how to be read. It tells me and it reads me. It tells mm. me how to live. Okay, so given that big presupposition, like this is who we're talking about, uh, just 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 as a quick glimpse at what how Christians view cohabitation and marriage, it says reason. So I, I looked at a Barna study, right? So they, they were studying... Um, just trends in love and marriage and singleness and divorce and cohabitation, right? So they did this. There's one table. It says reasons for not living with one significant other before getting married. Okay. So there's 34% of those people cite religious reasons for not living together before marriage. Hmm. Okay. Another 28% will cite uh, they don't believe that people should have sex before getting married. So that, again, could be attributed to a biblical worldview because hmm. that is part of the biblical worldview. Um, and then another 12% said there's a family tradition, my parents would kill me, that sort of thing. Gotcha. Right? Okay. Now take that 34%. Okay. So 34% of people who said, we can't, we're not going to live together because of religious reasons. So take that group of people. And now it says, what percent of those people agree it's a good idea to live with one one significant other before getting married? Okay. So... They they may have cited a religion a reason for not living together, but they still think it's a good idea. Mm. So they're not doing it, or they think they're not supposed to do it, but they still think it's a good idea. Okay, thirty five percent of those people were born born again Christians. Thirty five percent of those people who um, agreed it's a good idea to live uh, together before they get married. Wow. So and then forty one percent of those people are practicing Christians. Okay, so wow. That's huge. It's so a big number. Forty-one percent of people who think uh, you shouldn't live together before getting married, thirty forty-one percent of those people still think it's a good idea to do so. Okay, so all that's a little bit confusing because you're kind of breaking it down into segments and then segments of segments. Right. But the implications of that are pretty staggering. Yeah. Well, and they're ask. It begs a lot of questions. It begs yeah. a lot of questions about what we're being taught, what we're hearing, how we're receiving what we're being taught, and you know, how, what our responses are, um, to faith, you know, on a Sunday morning and to being Mm. taught the word, what, what is, you know, there's so many different messages out there. It's like different versions of the Bible, you know, some are, I, in my opinion, some are more true to the text than others. And I think that's, that's, that's not just your opinion. I think that's definitely true. I think that's definitely true. Yeah. And I think it's important for us to be accurate in what we believe and why and understand it and know it because we will act on that understanding. Yeah. So you have this. So this study was carried out in the in 2016. So theoretically, you have this group of people who almost half said it was a good idea to, to cohabitate. That are Christians, practicing uh, Christians. Almost half of practicing Christians say it's a good idea to cohabitate before marriage. They're now in marriage or mm. they're headed into marriage. Yeah. If that's you, you're part of that statistic, whether you thought against or for right. uh, cohabitation at that point. So the question that it bears for me is what assumptions are those? Is that generation or that group of people? And this is not just isolated to 2016, right? There's a whole range. It's, it's right. our, like the last 30 years. So people are married that have thought this. Right. And so we're carrying those assumptions and every all the baggage that 
that uh, floats on the on, flies on the curtails of those assumptions yeah. into our marriage covenant, and it's affecting our marriage right, right. in very negative ways. Yeah. So the goal with this episode is to bring to light that marriage is so much more than just what you said earlier is it just the next step. Yeah. Just the next thing to do in my life progression because I'm a mid a mid to late twenty year old person and I'm right. dating and I've been someone with else. this person for a while. Just, yeah. I guess it's the right thing. I mean we get we get along pretty well, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. So the big question we're asking with that goal in mind is how is my view of marriage inhibiting my belief about truth and or the Bible or how is it view inhibiting how I believe my marriage should work, should yeah. function. Yeah. Okay, so oops, we're married. You're in this. You're realizing there's something about this that you you maybe didn't realize before. You're thinking, ooh, I'm over my head. These vows really should mean something. Which I think we should just pause there for a moment and tell and encourage a listener who may be having these feelings that (laughs) they're not alone, that (laughs) they're very normal, I think, to start living life alongside someone um, Mm. or to be living alongside someone and then reconnecting and then going through some deeper trials, right? So again, we're not trying to limit this to just being newly married, but Hmm. I mean, I think you and I have walked through things where we've been like, oh, whoops, like we're supposed to talk to each other about these things or we're supposed to pray together about these things or, you know, and, and I think that it happens. I mean, I think the layers just kind of get pulled back at different seasons, different times and different things that you experience. So all that to say, like, Rest assured, friend, you're not alone. <laughs> yeah, and here's the here's a big and God's word is big and and covers us all. Here's a big whammy to that one is that, oh, growing up, my dad <clears throat> my dad was very principled, he still is. But one of the big things that he like seared into my young soul was <laughs> marriage is for life. Mm-hmm. He said, once you marry a girl, that's for life. Okay. Uh, when we got married, it was like total complete cut of the umbilical cord. It was mm-hmm. like. You're off. You're on your own. My parents, they, they weren't extremely wealthy, but they weren't, they were, I'd say, upper middle class, right? So they had resources. Well, that that was not accessible to us. <laughs> <laughs> and so I worked as a, uh, I remember I was a dishwasher. I was a, I was a janitor. So you got your good job of being a janitor. <laughs> I got the good job. It's true though. <laughs> I was a, a janitor. <laughs> we went to college full time. Yeah. Uh, and so all that, all I'd say is just to illustrate that, like he, he meant what he said and he said what he meant. And okay. So that's the. Why I say it's a whammy is because still, <laughs> even with that ingrained and seared into my soul, there's still been those times when I'm like, oh my word, this is too hard. Can we, will we survive this? Granted, I feel like we've probably had less of that than right. maybe we would have had otherwise. Right. But still, just to illustrate your point is that you're totally normal in having those thoughts and feelings. I think yes. where you're not normal, where you're not normal is if you're listening to this, is you are a Christian Ideally, you've, put, you've professed faith in Christ. You are filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is working in you to fight your flesh. Mm. Okay, which so which could look like fighting for your marriage, which absolutely looks and like not fighting, fighting against. And yes. saying, you know what? I don't think this is going to work. Yes, yes. And where does that come from? So you you might be feeling those feelings, but we're here to tell you that you don't have to act on them. Mm. That you can respond and walk in the Spirit and not according to the flesh. That you have been given a helper. His, yep. name, his name is the Holy Spirit. Well, and, and exercising the fruits of the Spirit of self-control is saying mm. no to one thing, but it's walking in the Spirit, essentially, yeah. right? Saying yes to yeah. to God's way, God's purpose for marriage. Yeah. So given all that, okay, so we're, we're 18 minutes into this thing. <laughs> given all of that, there are some misconceptions um, that we believe that kind of are the outworking of this big underlying oops in our lives. <laughs> Okay, so the first misconception, and we talked about earlier, is, is this, marriage is not an oops, first of all. <laughs> is that this kind of this idea that I hope it works out, right. or as opposed to this is until death. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So again, I'm really believing this is going to work out. I, I, I love this girl. We're, gonna, we're engaged. It's, I'm picturing a, a young groom the night before his wedding. Like, this is going to, like, I really believe... Just the, Our love is going to last. Just the fact of like, this is going to work and it's going to last, like work and last. Those kind of <laughs> words just trigger. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> right. This is going to work out. These as are, if, these, you're as on the wrong foundation. this is something foundation. other than right. you and your wife this figuring is, it out. This is the wrong foundation. <laughs> like we are already starting wrong. Like It's like you're not betting on a sports team here. Yeah. Like, yes. Or you're not, you're not like doing a science experiment, oh. right? You're choosing to mm-hmm. enter into a covenant with another human being right. that has to also choose to enter in and uphold that same covenant alongside you. And so I think Ooh, the misconception... It's a big deal. 
my yeah. stomach's still kind of like I'm like, whoa, that's right. Whoops, yeah. we're married. You're still good, right? You're still you're still upholding that. Just double checking here. Ooh, getting a little warm. Um, so, but that that's the misconception is that oh, I hope it works out as if it's somehow um, it's somehow outside of my control. Right. And I think the second misconception that that one kind of springs out of is the idea that there is the one. Mm. right there is the one like and that kind of soulmate like i've got yeah it's it's you're the one and then we get in and we're like well not the one maybe you're not the one <laughs> this, this is really hard with you <laughs> this right. is not as easy as i thought this and, is not making me as happy as i thought right and yeah you don't want sex as well, much as i want it that's one yeah and so Sorry, just derailed me with that last one there. Uh, but that's one of the ways it works out. Like, it's not, uh, you're not the one and we somehow missed it. And so it's not going to work out, right? Or not, we're not compatible mm. is a big one we hear. Mm-hmm. Is, I just got into the mirror and he changed right. or she changed. Right. And that's true. I think people do change, but, you know, in small ways, but I think in big ways, people right. don't really change. I think more, you may see, you see more of who they really were. Right. And... We want to be careful. Of course, there's caveats to this. Always, of, always. You know, uh, abusive relationships. We're not saying like, okay, go ahead and get a divorce because you're in an abusive relationship. No, there's, there are counselors, there are pastors, there are people that you need to walk through something like this with um, and not listen to a podcast and say, yep, okay, they're saying what I want to hear and let's yeah, go do this. That's good. So make sure you're dealing with stuff in real time pe- with real people. I think that would be my encouragement here to, and to not feel like, you know, why are they saying I need to stay in this and I feel like I'm scared for my life or something? Or there's just, yeah, there's, there's a lot you have to sort through there is what I'm saying. So, yeah, what what With I'm trying to dispel people. is not, yeah, so the thought that I have missed the one or maybe that this, uh, this you were incompatible, mm. what that does is it shifts the blame, okay? It doesn't right. mean that you're always to blame, but it means that it shifts the responsibility, I should say, mm-hmm. in that it's not my responsibility to outwork love, it's that's that's beyond me because love has passed me over right right because i've it's missed as if it love because, is something out of your control right or my husband has changed or my wife has changed and that's true it's still up to you and your husband or your wife to work it out to work out with, with fear and trembling to an extent your faith and your faith in the sense that i believe that this is what love Right. is this is who we are called to be as a married couple. Yeah. And with your caveats in mind, that's not to say that you enable right. abuse. That's right. not what we're trying to say. Right. But it also is not to say, mm. okay, and this, I, I know it's going to ruffle some feathers, but it's not to say that an abusive marriage is automatically like, go get a divorce. That's, I don't, I don't want to put that right. out there. I want to say there are caveats within scripture, but that is not something that we just want to broadcast through a podcast. Sure. So good. We want you to talk to a pastor. We want you to talk to a counselor. There are ways to go about working through abusive situations. And we've seen abusive marriages turn into a beautiful picture of Christ-like love. Right, right. And, but... Real people, There just can't be any blanket statements here, as I'm trying to say. You need, you need, you need pastoral care. Yes. You need spiritual care. And it does not come through the Fierce Marriage Podcast. Yes. (laughs) Okay. We're here to encourage and exhort and remind you of the gospel as it applies to your marriage. Anyway, so that's, those are all big caveats. I just don't want to gloss over anyone's situation because it can be really easy to do that. So I thank you for bringing that up. You're welcome. So. So that first misconception about how I hope it works out as opposed to, as opposed to this is until death mm -hmm. do us part. That was where we yep. were and chatting. The, and then the second one is there is the one and I haven't found them. <laughs> That's another <laughs> misconception. Okay. And we're here to say that the one that you're married to is the one God has called you to be married to. Right. All that depends in a large part on your view of God's sovereignty and his power as well as, okay, not to get too philosophical, theological, free will. Right. <laughs> so how do you view free will, God's sovereignty, God's power? We are in the camp that says that God is sovereign over everything. Mm. And really, we anything we do is by his grace. And it's all a gift that it's all undeserved. And it's by his grace that we've experienced that. Mm. He's, he's graciously allowed us to participate. I think there's somewhere in between where right. we are allowed to exercise will mm. in a way within God's decree and his sovereignty. We're not going to get into that any further. But that all 
the idea that you haven't that you've missed the one. Let me just dispel that. That's not the case. Right. Okay. Whoever you're married to, um, that's they who you're are the to. one. <laughs> that's yeah. <laughs> they always will be. Not that you couldn't have married someone else in a theoretical alternate reality. That's it's not the reality. Fantasizing people. That's called fantasy. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's get back down to earth here. Uh, the third one, the third misconception is that, and this is a big. This is a big one. It's probably the the biggest of them all. Well, I think it's the one that most people see and are vocal about in terms of like problems and conflicts they deal with yeah is and the and the third misconception is this marriage or love is all about me right we don't say that some people do some people do you say that (laughs) too much do i say that no i don't say that but we we function like that thinking that it's really not about us but if you if you boil down some decisions about how you're going to communicate or how you're going to you know sex i mean just take sex for example right it's it can easily fall into the camp of it's all about me and love is all about me and so if if it's all about me it's all about how i feel and how you make me happy and how Mm. you're supposed to do all these things and you're not so therefore i now have a ticket to right to maybe wander off or get out of this thing at a very minimum just be very miserable and make you miserable alongside me right right um it's it it this attitude is it when it's pervasive it basically it means that your spouse is a means to your end mm. they are not the end of themselves you right. are a means to my happiness as soon as you re- as soon as you cease being a means to right. my happiness then you cease being my spouse right right in the way that i think you should be right and this is where the issues of like understanding covenant and contractual love right covenant versus contractual Sorry. love yeah yep, there's the words yeah <laughs> Yeah, and we'll get into so don't 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 fret, listener. We're going to talk about the big purposes of marriage. There's three of them that we've identified, um, and these these that, that part will come out of our book entitled mm. "Fierce Marriage." So there's a lot of research that went into those. It's not just something we threw together uh, for this podcast, but we found them to be, I think, really effective in dispelling these misconceptions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I said, the third one marriage or love is all about me. That is not the case. Marriage is about something so much bigger than you. It's even bigger than your marriage itself. Right. Your marriage is designed by God for his purposes, for his glory. And there is so much peace in that. When you can sit in your marriage and say, it's not about us. So we can be unhappy and you know, we can trust that God's purposes remain. Well, and if you look at if you look at the example or in the gospel, we've been to, we're, we're going through Philippians, right, at church? Mm-hmm. And it's taught, and you were there last week. I wasn't there. And you said that. Um, you were sick. They were talking. Yeah, yes. Just to be clear. <laughs> they were talking about um, like to live as Christ and to die as gain. And I think mm-hmm. that the calling of the gospel, one of the big things is we're constantly dying to ourselves, right? We're dying to our flesh yeah. and we're dying to our desires. That might be birthed from our flesh, mm. you know, as selfish desires, things that are self-serving and not saying that, you know, you can't have some me time. That's not what we're saying. It's saying, you know, all of all of these things should work unto me and make me happy when mm. the Holy Spirit and the calling of, I feel like, you know, the work of the Holy Spirit is producing patience and kindness and to think of others, right? And to, we, we talked about this last week about knowing what's going on with others like like don't be concerned what is the verse i can't think of it like don't be concerned with only your needs but also the uh, the needs of others mm. and so there's again we're seeing there's a constant theme in the bible of just dying to yourself dying to yeah. you know all of my desires all of the things i want and I, you see that and a marriage is just another i think table that we die on right and like just as parenting is too there's this constant i want to respond this way to you out of my flesh because i feel these things and the holy spirit is saying no i'm calling you to respond this way not the way you feel maybe but the way that i'm Mm -hmm. instructing and you're like but that doesn't make sense he doesn't deserve me to respond that way well (laughs) i'm still calling you to it and there's things at work that did christ deserve to die right i mean (laughs) for us i mean like if we're called to love as Christ loved the church, and that's exactly how we are called in marriage to and love. love is, yeah. Husbands are called to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself mm-hmm. for her. Yeah. No, are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening to myself. Uh, but you, you bring up a really poignant and relevant example uh, in, in Philippians because it says, uh, in Philippians 2, it says, so if there's any encouragement in Christ, 
any comfort from love, any participant, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy. Complete my joy by being of one mind, having the same love, okay, being full accord of all one mind. He's talking to a church. He's not talking to a married couple, mm. okay? Let's just be honest. Get <laughs> but, the context here, but, yeah. He says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. So the, I mean, Kyle did an excellent job of preaching on this, mm-hmm. um, this last weekend. But the idea that I, knowing who Christ is leads us to humility, which leads us to unity. Mm, mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. And it's so ironic, right? It's so ironic right. that... Philippians 4.13 is the verse that is so often proof texted as a way of self-aggrandization, right? And what is it? Philippians 4.13 is, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That passage is not about triumph. Right. Paul's sitting in It's about survival. Yeah. It's about sitting in prison and saying, despite all of this, I can still still obey. I can still be a servant of God. I can still be used for his glory. And I can endure all these things through Christ who gives me strength. So it's not about, it's not a, it's not a triumphal, triumphant verse. It's something, so it's so ironic that we use that verse oftentimes in Christian mainstream culture that people get it tattooed on their arms saying, I can do all things. It's all about me. It's all about my ambitions, my goals. And God is right there alongside me. He's my cheerleader. That's not what that verse is saying. And that's not what marriage is. Yeah. So a lot of times you get into marriage saying like, it's about me. It's all about my marriage being great because I want a great marriage. And God, and, and just like this verse gets taken out of context, we forget that marriage is not about you. It's about something so much bigger than you. Mm. It's about more than your immediate happiness, enjoyment. That is part of it. Right. But it's but about... But the greater purpose is so eternal, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's for our sanctification. It's it's to reflect and give him glory in our continual like dying to mm-hmm. ourselves it's 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 this arena again we call the covenant kind of like an arena of n- neither of us is leaving here we're going to duke it out and figure it out until we get to the truth that we need to find mm-hmm. in the word and until we can we can create mm-hmm. and figure out the peace that we need to have and that always requires us one of us or both of us usually you yeah being humble <laughs> And <laughs> I'll, you just keep talking. Everybody knows what really what the answer really is. No. And then I was reading today about peace um, and how oh, my brain, my brain is so mm-hmm. fried, but about peace and how Christ through the blood of Christ, like he made peace right with us and God Yeah, and how peace requires. I felt like what I was reading was like peace requires sacrifice, like the peace of Christ mm. that he leaves with us did not come for free like that it came at a price and so if we want you know things like peace in our marriage and we want things like unity in our marriage mm. it's going to require humility it's going to require probably some death of pride it's going to require death mm. to our own desires of what i want my schedule to look like and the things that i want to do in other words you're saying it's going to cost us something yes <laughs> it's going to be bought with a price yes and it's not going to be cheap and it's not going to come quick. But it's going to be so good. But it's and gonna be everything so good. that we want and more deep down, like this, yeah. we want peace, but we can't, we need peace of Christ. Like we want things that we see, but Jesus is like, I know mm. this is what you want, but what I have is so much better. So just to add a little bit more texture and perspective to this, we haven't, we haven't been married forever, but we have been married over 16 years. And we did date four years before that. So we've seen, well, we've seen how, I'm saying that from this (laughs) vantage point, we've seen how this has worked itself out when Mm -hmm. we kind of stuck to our guns, not that we've hit done it perfectly, but I can see kind of with a hindsight saying, this is true guys. Well, we've done it both ways. I think we've We've done it both ways. We've tried it our own way and then we've tried God's way. (laughs) God's way is all way better. Always better. It's born such a beautiful, delicious fruit. Right. (laughs) If I could use that analogy. Well, and then in coming around to like, you know, some of the, it usually the fruit becomes, it starts producing because Mm. we've decided to step out in faith in the way that God is asking us and not in the way we feel or even things that we might see in front of us. But we say, this is what God's word is saying. This is where I feel like the Holy Spirit is affirming us. We need to step out there. And God is like, yes, I will make the path to rise to your feet. And, Mm. and he is there producing more fruit, which then you just get deeper and 
the good things of God just become richer and more yeah. alive in your life and your marriage, I guess. Is so, that yeah. So I'm sure that, clear? Uh, I think, yeah. And I, I know, even though I said, looking back, I can also say looking forward that mm. we can trust that truth. Mm-hmm. We can, and hopefully when it gets hard again, cause we, we, ladies and gentlemen, we're not perfect. We have fights <laughs> there and cycles. they're shouting fights and we say things there we shouldn't tears. say. Chris, Christmas Eve, my friends, Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and have a, a I huge was fight on Christmas Eve. I was crying. <laughs> uh, and then come talk to us. And then you have to go to a family thing. It's, it's all good. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> well, here we are. We're still recording the podcast. Um, I love you. But uh, when that happens again, then I, I like to think and I hope by God's grace, we will cling to this truth even then Yeah. and see the fruit born even after then. Mm. So the fourth one, this is a bit of a tangent, but I feel like it's important enough to mention misconceptions again, mm. misconceptions about marriage. And I'll say modern misconceptions about marriage. And this is the fourth one is that there's marriage and then there's sex. Mm. What I mean by that is we have, as a culture, we've separated mm-hmm. the two. They're independent. They're, they're, they don't, they coexist, but only by coincidence. Right. And that uh, emphatically is not the model for intimacy, the model for sex, the model for procreation that we see in God's word. And so I think we can carry in those assumptions that marriage is separate from sex into our marriage and it has vast implications, meaning that uh, they're not somehow co-linked in a way that they need to grow together. But in, if, if we get married and our marriage is young and our marriage is immature, but if our sex life in any way reflects that, then I'm going to be discontent in that. Mm. And that if, if, if we see sex as a, as a means to closer intimacy with this person you're in covenantal bond with, yeah. ideally... Not statistically, but ideally, you would wait until you get married. Most couples don't. That's just the statistics. Um, but when you, you basically you consummate your marriage on your wedding night, that's your first time together. And now you have your whole lives to figure this thing out. And it can be a beautiful thing. But unfortunately, when we separate, when we, when we remove the mm. connection between marriage and sex, it can skew our view. And then they can overemphasize one, one the sex, the latter over the former. Right. We can say like this part of my life, even though it's a small sliver of our existence as a married couple, if right. it's not right, then our whole marriage is is wrong. And um, well, there's a reason why God. View. Yeah, there's a reason why God created sex for the marriage bed, right? And I think, and that was like the second thing your dad told you, right? He was like, marriage is for life, and like sex is for marriage, and if you don't like mm-hmm. keep those two, then. He yeah. was he was very very not really <laughs> was very very clear with his language yes. and a lot of threatening that went along with that. But it's what my young adolescent ears needed to hear. Yes. yes. Uh, but basically, if we deny the truth that sex and marriage are inter- intricately and intrinsically intertwined, um, then we basically risk our we risk losing all of the mm. the perspective around this these big touchy topics. Yeah. Okay, so if you're not experiencing sex as you hoped within marriage, okay, here's here's this is hope for right. you. Trust that, okay, and here's a, a little rebuke. Trust that marriage is the place to figure out how to either A, be less selfish, hmm. B, this could apply to anything, by the way, right. B, serve each other well or better, or C, recalibrate your expectation of what that thing, sex, can, should, or was designed to be. So... If something in your marriage, and this applies again to everything, if something in your marriage doesn't feel right, see your marriage as the place where that's worked out. Yeah. Instead of a place where you to, you don't go outside to try and figure that out, you stay yeah. and you let the covenant do what the covenant was designed to do, and that's to disciple your heart that, alongside your spouse mm-hmm. and to um, sanctify, to sanctify you. So I just want to revisit. So we're gonna we're gonna dive into the three purposes of marriage now in light of all these misconceptions. Um, before I do that, I'll recap, recap here. So misconceptions about marriage. One, I hope it works out. And that attitude that you hope it works out without understanding covenant. Two is that there is the one and you have missed him or her. Three, a marriage and love is all about me. Fourth, again, a little tangent, but there's marriage and then there's sex. In other words, separating the two and not recognizing the the intrinsic intertwining of marriage and sex according to God's word, according to human flourishing. So now we're going to go into the three purposes of marriage. And when we started this episode, we read from Genesis 1, verses 26 through 28. But Selena, if you could, uh, let's just reread um, verse verse 28 here again this is the let us make man in our image after our likeness and it goes goes on and on and then read the last verse there it says and god blessed them and god said to them be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it 
have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Yeah, so when we were going through this, we're thinking, okay, so this is immediately after uh, God had um, created them, Mm -hmm. right? And he had blessed them and he said to them and he commissioned them, right? (laughs) And he's basically saying, go, okay, now you exist, Go and do these things. You exist as people, but also as a, as a married couple. This is their first command, and it parallels the, sec- the second chapter of Genesis. Um, it's the first command as a couple. And he's saying to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Speaking of being fruitful, there's Louisa right there. <laughs> there's our little, <laughs> our little fruit. Our little fruit. Um, and so, yeah, quickly, if you want to really see the full unpacking of this verse, definitely check out Fierce Marriage, the book on Amazon or wherever you buy books. Basically, I'm just going to go through these quickly because I don't want to, I think we've talked about this in a past episode too, but the first purpose of the marriage covenant that we see as God is uh, commissioning Adam and Eve in the garden is to go be fruitful and multiply. So in other words, there's three H's here. So there's the holiness, there's your household, and then there's God's handiwork. All right. Your holiness, your household, and God's handiwork. So when we read that verse and it says be fruitful, I I just think fruit has a, I don't think it, but I know fruit has a very overt meaning when it comes, when when you see it read in scripture. Now, granted, there there is some good pushback that that can be had on this. We don't want to read it in a way that the early Israelites wouldn't have read it or understood it. So as I kind of Put, I don't want to superimpose New Testament words on top of this, right? Um, because I just don't want to. I don't want to do that. However, I do think that's a faithful reading of it to kind of apply and look at how the New Testament words uh, hover over this and kind of give us a little bit more texture on it. I hope that doesn't sound too foofy or flaky. But being fruitful, but being fruitful in this context is important. Mm. Uh, in the in the garden, right. it was perfect. Everything. Picture it. I mean, like. There's flute music playing playing in the background. There's <laughs> butterflies flying around. There's pollen floating, and the sunbeams are illumined. I'm picturing like a, a, a fairy a tale, utopia, yeah. a utopia. But it's totally perfect, and it's totally as things were created to be. And here God is giving them this command: be fruitful. Mm. Okay, so you think about a tree. What does a tree exist to do? Bear fruit. What does a, a, a vegetable plant exist to do? Bear fruit, a berry bush to bear fruit in the form of berries. Not technically fruit, where it is fruit, but it's not. Well, some veggies, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah so in other words, God is going, saying to them, do what you were designed to do. Mm. Go forth. You, it's a pre-fall world. You as a human being, he's saying he created, he created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created a male and female. He created them. He's saying, go do the thing that I designed you to do mm. to bear my image, mm-hmm. to bear fruit in a way that is reflecting my image. So mm. as we think about that in the context and in, in, the, in the marriage covenant, we think about holiness. Okay, where, do we, where else do we see fruit in the Bible? Again, I don't want to read into this, but I think it's interesting, okay? Mm. In Galatians 5, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, in contrast to the fruits of living by the flesh. So the flesh-spirit divide occurred at the fall. Mm. And so when they're called to bear fruit, we're being called to bear fruit of God's image or bearing his image and his likeness. I think it's safe to say that his likeness looks like fruits of the Holy Spirit, who is God himself. Right, right. (laughs) I think that's a safe parallel to make. Yes. And so when we talk about the big purposes of covenant and what when God what he means or perhaps one meaning of that the word be fruitful is to be made more holy and that happens spe- specifically through discipleship in the household. Right. Sharpening each other, sanctifying each other, being honest and transparent about our sins and our shortcomings and our shame and our every part of us that is infected by sin right. with the with the the goal of it being kind of sanctified right in, so the whole out of us the whole like whoops i'm married sh- you know shouldn't i mean it's okay to have those moments but i think in those moments we need to realize like this is where god wants to produce fruit in us this is these are the moments that god wants to multiply mm-hmm. his yeah. his goodness through us this is where you know he's teaching us how to be missional right and mm-hmm. how to subdue the earth in within our own our own marriage, our own relationship mm-hmm. of, of, you know, I can't love you better or deep, deeper and <laughs> deeply <laughs> unless 
God is at work in my heart showing me how I'm not doing those things, you right. know, and showing me the better way of sacrificing, again, my desire, sacrificing the words I want to say to mm. you because I feel these things so strongly, but laying them down on the altar, you know, of, of humility and saying, okay, this is not going to be fruitful. Like, this is not mm. going to bear the fruit that I, that God is calling me to bear in our marriage. So I'm going to lay that down. That's good. And I'm going to come back. <laughs> so what you're saying is these whoops moments are kind of... They're, they're, it should be reminders of the purposes of marriage. They're red flags. Yeah. Right. They're, they're, yeah, remind, I like that better. They're <laughs> reminders to look to these purposes. That's yes. so good. So amazing. So the second reminder. So read the passage again. He says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. So multiply and fill the earth. Okay. That's the second H, your household. Multiply. Very, very tangibly speaking, that's. Family and marriage is the context that God designed for kids to be brought forth, right? Mm -hmm. With a male influence, a female influence, and a solid covenantal base to rear and raise that child in the ways of God. Yeah. Okay. So that is, if you have that big purpose in mind, when you have those whoops moments, you realize this is bigger than me. Mm. It's about my own holiness for God's glory, not just for me, my glory, but for God's glory and the household that he's given me to love those he's entrusted into my care mm-hmm. well. And to remember that each of them are made in his image, right? Like we're all image bearers. Image bearers and yeah. that should dictate how we treat one another, mm-hmm. how we respond to one another. But even beyond that, you can look here and now, but you can also look into the future into generational flourishing, right? You see, yeah. there's generational implications all throughout Scripture, in particular through the Old Testament, because it was a the Israelite nation was formed through family, formed through mm-hmm. generational covenants, right? Generational promises, right. and so to see family as a chief venue through which God works in the lives of young people and through yeah. and through specifically through His church in light of the New Testament. That's pretty phenomenal, right? Yeah. When you think, okay, so first first big purpose of marriage is holiness. The second big purpose is household. And the third one is handiwork. So the final part of that passage is uh, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So ha- subdue the earth mm. and have dominion. That's a very missional language. And what mm. I mean by missional is not that, not missional in the sense of like you're a missionary, <laughs> mm-hmm. but in the sense that you were on a mission. Right. He had given them a mission. He said, now you have, y- y- you're being fruitful. You're, you're as you were created to be. You're multiplying. You're going to, mm-hmm. you're going to grow in numbers. Now in, on that foundation, go and do the things I've told you to do. Be who I've called you to be. Go about it the way I've called you to go about it, but do the things I've also called mm. you to do. Do the mission. Yeah. So what does that look like for us as New Testament, you know, Christian, true, like Christians, quote unquote, people, followers of Christ Mm. who have seen the Messiah come and he will see him come again at some point. That looks like responding to the mission of Jesus. Mm. Right. So the missional, the missional work that happens within and without a marriage, in other words, we're discipling each other. What's Jesus is, what's the great commission? Go forth, make disciples. Um, to the ends of the earth, basically. Right. Baptizing them in the name of the yeah. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So making disciples starting, and we always like to say it starts basically whoever's in closest proximity and radiates outward. So it's your spouse, your kids, and then whoever's in close proximity, whether that's geographically being your neighbors mm. or just relationally or within ter- in terms of how you spend your life, right? At your church community, uh you know, hobbies, people you share your life with, you start discipling and sharing the gospel with those people. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's a lot. That's, that's a, a lot. lot. So the three purposes recap is your your holiness, your household, and God's handiwork. Um, and those are, again, in direct contrast to the four kind of mis- modern misconceptions about right. marriage. Right. Anyway, our hope through this is that we've kind of enlivened <clears throat> your heart to the truths of the depth of the purpose that God has for your marriage. It's not about you. And that's a beautiful thing. Mm. It's not about your happiness. And that's a beautiful thing. And so with that in mind, uh, I think we have some good couples conversation challenge questions yeah. for you. Yeah. I think the you know, the first one is, do you, be- do you believe that God's design uh, for covenantal marriage is the best route for human flourishing? Uh, that's a good question. Something you should talk about with your spouse. You know, do we, are we on the same page? You know, you always hear us talking about beliefs and understanding covenant. Um, look up those words, talk about them, 
define them, you know, mm. find out what they mean and how it all applies to your marriage mm. um, or how your marriage should work within those, I guess. So, and as a follow-up, um, just to re- I want to restate that question that you just said. Do you, and it's, do you believe that God's design for covenantal marriage is the best route for human flourishing? The follow-up questions to that is, given the three purposes we've talked about, um, is there a particular purpose that you struggle with? Hmm. Okay, so do you really struggle with understanding that marriage is about your holiness or understanding that it's about your family and household or is it about God's handiwork? And why do you struggle with understanding that? Meaning that maybe you don't hmm. know what your mission is as a family. Hmm. Maybe you don't know what a healthy household looks like or what healthy generations could look like. How? Why is that a struggling point for you? And talk through that and uh, just see where the conversation goes, hmm. to be honest. Anyway... I think that's an episode. Yeah. Um, uh, I want to make one one more plug. So if you're interested in being part of the book launch for See Through Marriage, which again, it's all about transparency, um, please do go to seethroughbook.com. You are wanted and needed there. Just enter in your email and your name, and then we'll be in touch in the next month or so about how to go about um, fulfilling your launch team responsibilities. <laughs> um, and then other than that, I think um, maybe let's pray. Yeah. You want to pray or should I pray? I'll pray. Okay. You were talking. I was because you were helping the baby a lot. It's which, good. We're team effort. Hats off to you, Selena. Cause it's team effort. Maybe our listeners know, maybe they don't, but Selena's constantly managing the baby in the background <laughs> and <laughs> nursing and picking her up off the couch and <laughs> putting her down on the couch while <laughs> recording and managing. So thank you. We're for getting there. That. We're You're getting awesome. there. We're working on stuff. So, all right. God, thank you so much for helping us. For giving us purpose, God, you didn't have to, but you brought us together to with our spouse. And I pray that no man would separate us, God, and I pray that your purposes would reign true in our hearts, um, that we would be adventurous in seeking out what it means to be mm-hmm. holy, what it means to have a household uh, that multiplies uh, the things of you, God, and what it means to subdue mm-hmm. the earth, to live on mission with that you that you've given us god help us to know these things inside and out help us to teach them to our children Mm. uh thank you for the marriages that are asking questions right now that maybe believing some lies and some things that they thought were true about marriage that you're dispelling those but not just to break it down but to renew and restore we love you god thank you for your word in your name amen all right man selena you're great i love you good prayer Good prayer. Check. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this episode is... In the can. And once again, we'll see you in about seven days on the Fierce Marriage Podcast. Maybe sooner if, we, if we're able to answer a question. But given the baby... You're very ambitious. The baby thing's going on this week, probably very not. Ambitious. We'll see. <laughs> it's just, you know, having three kids is... We're, we're learning. We're learning it's, how that all works. It's a big thing. It's lots so. of blessings are work, friends, and it's good work. It's eternal right. work. So with that said, might be seven days, might be sooner. We'll see you when we see you. And thank you so much <laughs> for tuning in. Until next time. Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care. Take care.